0: Second Corinthians chapter number 10, I started a series last week called, That's Not Who You Are. How many of you enjoyed last week, That's Not Who You Are? Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter number 10, I'm just going to read three verses to you and then we'll go from there. Second Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number three, when you get there, say amen. Y'all don't start doing better than that, I'm going to make you stand up for the reading of God's word like we do in the black church. When you get there, say amen. When you get there, say amen. It's on the screen. Just say amen. All right, here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of, shout the next word, Shout the next word. Shout it again. To the pulling down of strongholds, number 1. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, shout the next word. I ain't going to move on to you shout it casting down. That's right. You want me to shut up and move on? Shout. Casting down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me read this again. For, the, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity everything Thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's it. We ain't going to read anymore. I said this to you last week, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to touch this, and then I'm going to move. A sinner is not a sinner because he sins. Right? A sinner sins because he's a sinner. Selah. A sinner is not a sinner because he sins. A sinner sins because he's a sinner. In other words, it's not his behavior that makes him who he is, it is who he is that is driving his behavior. I used to work in a substance abuse rehab facility where we would help people get off substances, alcohol, opiates, uh, methamphetamines, things of that nature. And it was always fascinating to me because the number one recovery program in the world, this is what they tell you to do. Step number one, hey, my name's Johnny, and I'm an alcoholic. And then we tell Johnny to not act like who he just identified himself as. But until we fix his identity, we will never transform his behavior. Now, I, you will find, the, 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 the more you attend church here, you will find I don't talk about the enemy a whole lot. I do some, but not a whole lot. Because normally in church, you have two extremes, You have the people that completely ignore the presence of demonic power. And then you have people that everything that happens in their life is the result of demonic power. Right? I burned the toast this morning. The devil is a liar. Right? I'm struggling financially. The devil got a grip on my finances. No American Express has a grip on your finances. You can call it whatever you want, but it's really just the inability to discipline yourself when it comes to spending and getting no help up in this quiet church this morning. So we have to find a balance. We We cannot... ignore his existence, but we cannot overemphasize his existence. But I do believe that the enemy knows that if he can get us, if he cannot get us to, to uh, focus or overemphasize him, he will get us to neglect him. Because for the enemy, any attention is good attention. Okay. So, you will not, fight, you, you will not, and I, it's not going to be the culture of this church that every time we walk in the building, there's a principality loose. Calm down. You can't even define principality. There's a principality over in Oxford Glory. Blah, blah. Stop. Stop all that stuff. Okay? Stop all that stuff. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've seen parents tell, teaching their kids about, you know, Leviathan and Legion and all these demon spirits, and their kids are freaked out. Everything that God does in your life, listen to me, starts in seed form. Everything, if you're taking notes, you need to write that down. Or if you're typing notes, people don't write notes anymore. Everything God does in your life starts in seed form. When God gave you faith, and God did have to give you faith, Your Bible teaches you did not even have the faith you needed to be saved. God had to give it to you. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We were so messed up that God even had to give us the faith that we needed to say yes. He says in Romans that he dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith. When God does a work in you, he starts a fire on the inside of you, and then he gives you the responsibility for tending to the fire that he started. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Everything God does in your life, it starts as a seed. He gives you the seed of faith, and then it becomes our responsibility to feed that seed until it grows into great faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Everything that God does in your life, it starts as a seed. And I want you to hear this thought. This thought right here is going to be what a lot of this teaching hinges on this morning. The enemy has no power to create. I'm going to tie this in. Hang in here. The enemy has no power to create. He only has the power to pervert that that has been created. The enemy, now I grew up in the day and time where it was a sin to listen to secular music. Y'all remember that? And they would try to convince us that if you play that CD backwards, we love the devil. These these crackheads. You couldn't even you couldn't even understand what they were saying forwards. Much less playing it backwards, right? They would teach us this stuff. Y'all, we were freaked out. We were scared all the time. The devil did not create music. God created music. The enemy perverted it. The devil didn't create sex. God created sex. The enemy perverted it. The enemy has no power to create, only to pervert that that is created. If everything that God does in your life starts as a seed, the enemy has no power to create only to pervert that that is created. Everything the enemy does in your life starts as a seed. Hang in here with me. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Now, uh, I'm from from Alabama, Alabama, sweet home Alabama. And we love, we love to grow food, our own food in Alabama. We lived in a really small town. You really had no other option. Grow your own food or die. Okay. Y'all have grocery stores around here, like real grocery stores. You know what we have where I came from? Walmart. That's where you bought everything. You could buy your tires and your potatoes at the same place. That ain't right. That ain't right. And so we would grow our own food. And, 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 and you've heard this preached all through church. You've heard it preached for years. Good seed into good soil. Good seed, good soil, right? Good seed, good soil. There is another component to seed in the soil that we don't talk about a lot. You got seed, you got soil, but you also have to have environment. That's why you can't grow oranges in Canada. You might have seeds, you might have soil, but you ain't got the right environment. All right? If everything the enemy does in our life starts as a seed, it's not just the seed of his working being sown into the soil of our minds. It also has to have a dysfunctional environment in which it can produce. Your Bible calls it a stronghold. Watch. Y'all heard the term stronghold, right? And we normally make it some big, you know, demonic stronghold. I drove by and saw a stronghold over, over Neyland Stadium. That's why Tennessee's having such a hard time. we got to tear down the stronghold. Okay, that's how, we, that's how we dress it up. Did you know in your Bible there are six different terms for the word war or warfare? Six, six different uses for w- war or warfare. All of them have to do with your mind. I, all the demon hunters don't like that, do they? It has to do with your mind. So watch. Watch this. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. to so the pulling down of strongholds. Watch. Stronghold is the goal. Let me say it this way. The enemy's assignment is to set up a stronghold in your mind. Okay. The word stronghold, if you define it, there's got a couple of different definitions. One definition of the word stronghold is a fortress from which to rule. If he can establish a stronghold in of thinking in your mind, if he can establish a stronghold, a way of thinking in your identity, then he can dominate every other part of your life. Right, if he has set up a broken, if he has set up a stronghold of broken identity in your mind, he can affect how you parent, he can affect how you are a husband, he can affect how you handle money because he has set up a stronghold in your mind, it becomes a fortress from which he rules. Another definition of stronghold is this an argument firmly established. I have seen people so bound. By dysfunctional thinking, so bound in their own mind that when you try to speak life to them, they will argue. You're like, man, dude, that was awesome. You're powerful. No, no. I see the hand of God on your life. Me? No, there's no way. There's no way. I'm like, no, I mean, that was really good. I mean, uh, you're really good at that. No, no, no. You're arguing. It's an argument firmly established. I'm trying to speak some, I'm trying to encourage your face in Jesus' name. No. It's a stronghold. Sometimes you got to learn to encourage yourself. When you ain't got everybody telling you how wonderful and awesome you are, sometimes you gotta go in your bathroom and look at yourself in the mirror and say, you are accepted. You are a child of God. You are full of love and hope and grace and anointing. I wish I had somebody that would help me preach. Something like David. He encouraged himself in the Lord. My God. I'm trying. Brother Al, I'm trying, man. Stronghold, in argument firmly established. But a stronghold can only exist if the enemy gets our mind into the right environment. An argument firmly established. A fortress from which to rule. That's the goal. Because if he can bind you in your mind, he can bind you in every other aspect of your life. Nothing changes until your mind changes. If we would renew our minds, we wouldn't have to spend half the time yelling at demons. That half of them don't exist. I have a real. I've got a. Real, I know you ain't supposed to be talking about demonology on your ninth service, but here it is. I don't believe you can just walk around calling out names of spirits that we made up. <laughs> I got. I got an overweight spirit. That's not in the Bible. I got a spending devil. I tell you, there's a devil. There's a devil that gets a hold of me when that alarm clock goes off in the morning. I, I wrestle that joker, and he wins most of the time. I got a spirit that don't let me exercise. What are you talking about? You mean me tell you a your problem? You're trying to cast out flesh. You don't cast out flesh. You crucify flesh. And we can blame the devil and run to the pastor to cast it out. No, 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 no. I'm not going to cast it out. you got to crucify that bad boy. Right? The devil's not our problem. You know what our problem is? Us. Strongholds. If he can bind you in your thinking, he can control every other aspect of your life. If he sets up a stronghold, a way of thinking, a way of looking at the world, A way of looking at people. You don't trust people. You're skeptical of people. You don't get close to people. It is a stronghold in your mind. Poverty is a stronghold in your mind. It is not the condition of your bank account. It is a mentality. It is a mentality. You hearing what I'm saying? Depression, it is a mentality. I know there are some people that struggle with true chemical depression and chemical imbalances. But for most of us, it is a simple mentality. Because we look at life and we hate it. It's a stronghold. The enemy's attempt is to create a stronghold, to get a stronghold on your mind. That's why all through the New Testament, Paul's saying things like this. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have the mind of Christ. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise... Think on these things. Set your mind on things above, and not on things on the earth where Christ sits on the right hand. Change your mind. Change your mind. So his his goal is. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting him. His goal is stronghold. But a stronghold never starts out as a stronghold. Paul gives us the progression of the enemy's workings in our life in Second Corinthians chapter number ten. The goal is stronghold in your identity stronghold but a stronghold never starts off as a stronghold it starts out as an imagination casting down strongholds pulling down strongholds casting down imaginations a stronghold never starts off as a stronghold it starts off as an imagination the root word for imagination is image this is what paul is trying to tell us before stronghold ever ends up as stronghold first it becomes your self-image It's how you see yourself. It's how you perceive yourself. You will never love anybody else right till you love yourself right. Love your neighbor as yourself. And a lot of Christians, they don't walk in love towards other people because, quite frankly, they're very disappointed with themselves. And it becomes their image. I'm always going to be dysfunctional. I'm going to be an alcoholic like my daddy was an alcoholic. I'm going to go through three divorces like my daddy went through three divorces. I'm going to struggle with poverty the way my parents and my great-grandparents struggle with poverty. I'm going to be overweight. I'm going to die of heart disease. I'm going to die of cancer because it has become an image. An image. It's how we see ourselves. It's how we see ourselves. I used to take our Bible college students, I used to teach a class at our Bible college called Foundations of Identity, Foundations of Identity, and I would take them through this exercise every year. I would make them take out a sheet of paper, and I would say, all right, write down on this sheet of paper, that's what I tell them, write down on this sheet of paper the top five people that have helped influence and define and shape who you are. Write down their name. Write down the top five people. And you'd have the usual, you know, mom, dad, auntie, uncle, boo-boo, yay-yay, right? Gus-Gus. Every once in a while, they'd say a pastor or a leader or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? My wife, my spouse, I'd write down those names. Every, never, never in, in years of doing this class, I would always read their list. Mom, dad, cousin, uncle, brother. Mom, dad, pastor, cousin, aunt. Mom, dad, cousin, brother, something. Sometimes mom, dad wasn't even on there. There was always one person always missing from that list. You. They never put myself. Because we allow everybody else to define who we are, rather than us defining who we are or allowing God to define who we are. And that becomes our Imagination. Our image so a stronghold never starts off as a stronghold it starts off as that's how we see ourselves that's how we perceive ourselves but an imagination never starts off as an imagination taking captive every thought thoughts lead to imaginations imaginations lead to the stronghold you have to be careful what thoughts you are allowing into your mind today because today's thoughts becomes tomorrow's bondages that's why he said you got to take it captive. He didn't he didn't say pray about it. He said you like a prisoner of war, you got to grab that thing and drag it up under the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. If a thought comes to your mind that says you are anything less than a child of God, you got to grab that thought and drag it up under the will of God and say you're going to submit to the word and the will of God. That's not who I am. That thought comes up, I'm addicted. you got to drag that into the will of God. you got to drag that into the present. That is not who I am. you got to take it captive. This is a little too aggressive for you on Sunday morning. You better wait till Easter. We're going to get down. Huh? you gotta, You got to have, I don't understand. you got to have this, this, this aggression about you. All right? I can't serve God quietly, passively. He's lovely. I'm going to come in and open my Bible, drink some coffee, listen to a good, uplifting Bible teaching that's going to help my life begin to change. Now, I need a word from God because I got a devil I got to fight. I, need, I don't need somebody giving me little platitudes and little poems about how heaven's going to be so wonderful. I need somebody giving me some ammunition that I can put into a gun and go out into the world and say, the devil is alive. I'm going to walk in victory. I'm not going to live in defeat. My money's coming out. My family's coming out. My mind's coming out. Everything in my life. So Thoughts. Thoughts become imaginations. Imaginations become strongholds. Every day, every day, you'll find thoughts come across your radar. And you have to develop the discipline filtering those thoughts. That's not the will of God. Drag it up under the will of God. Thought come by your mind. All right, you, you can pass. All right, you all right. Watch it. Watch it. Let me fix you a minute. Then you can pass. No, the devil is. That's not who I am. Y'all ain't ready for this this morning. I cannot read it Come on. It's enough reason to shout the fact that it ain't raining. Glory be to God. <laughs> you got to drag it up under the will of God. Because he's going to come at you. He's going to come at you. He's going to come at you. He's going to come, come at you. Let me, me show this. Let me show this. The work devil in your bible, right? Everybody's favorite term just about in charismatic pentecostal church, devil. Never talk about Jesus, I always talk about the devil. The word devil, listen, listen close. That's not his name. The word devil is not his name. The word devil is his job description. Lucifer is his name. Watch devil in the Greek. Dia balo. Dia Bolo. That's what it sounds like when a redneck tries to pronounce a Greek word. Diabalo, glory to God. <laughs> Wasn't that beautiful? Y'all should hear me try to read the Greek New Testament. It is a dumpster fire of an experience, I tell you that. Dia preposition means through. Hang in here with me. Y'all with me? If you'll listen to me, this is gonna help you. It's gonna help you. I don't mean I don't mean in 15 years, I mean this week. Dia means through. Everybody say through. This is the Greek word for devil. Diabalo. Dia. You've heard the term diabolos, even though that's mispronounced. Diabalo. Diabalo. Dia through. Balo means to strike. The word devil actually translates to strike repeatedly until there's penetration. To strike repeatedly till he breaks through. We call him devil. Devil's not who he is. Devil is what he does. He strikes repeatedly till he can break through. And get a foothold in your thoughts and those thoughts when they go undealt with over a period of time they turn into an image they turn into an imagination you begin to lose your confidence you begin to lose your self-esteem your worth for self. that's why paul would say things in romans like this i magnify my own office if nobody else wants to recognize what's on my life i'll recognize what's on my life enough for all y'all jokers That kind of talk that people don't like that. You gotta be humble. You gotta be humble. Being humble and being dysfunctional are not the same thing. Okay. Paul said, I magnify my own office. Magnify my own office. You don't want to call me an apostle? That's fine. I'll call you an apostle. I'll call myself an apostle. That's Paul. I'm not up here saying that. Calm down. Devil's not who he is. Devil's what he does. So he strikes repeatedly. You're going to be an addict. You're going to be an addict. You're going to get divorced. That's who you are. You're always going to be broke. You're always going to be overweight. You're always going to be struggling. You're always going to be defeated. You're never going to step into the purpose of God. And, you're never going to, and unless you learn how to deal with that, he will strike and strike and strike. till Boom, he breaks through. Boom, breaks through. Then he sets up an imagination. Sets up an imagination. Then that imagination becomes stronger. Where you become bound and you cannot break free. Why? Because we didn't know how to deal with the devil. The striking. That's why in Ephesians it says give the devil no place. Give him no specific position of opportunity. Nothing in your life is going to change until your mind does. Your money's not going to change. Your marriage is not going to change. Your kids not going to change. Your calling, your career—none of that's going to change until your mind does. Because we've allowed the devil to strike and strike and strike until so boom, he breaks through, sets up a fortress. Then can control our lives. And then, what's a stronghold to set up? Any seed he sows, any seed he sows. Because we have the seed, we have the soul, and now we've got the right environment. Y'all know the story in Matthew. I Believe it's Matthew, might be Martin, about the parable of the wheat and the tares. Y'all, yes, y'all know that story. Okay, there's a little there's a little phrase in that story that a lot of times we overlook. It says that a man went and sowed in his field good seed, and then it says while he slept, while he was unaware, while he was off guard. The enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Watch. Number one, it says, while we were off guard. That's why your Bible's always telling you things like, be sober. He's not saying, don't be drunk. You don't need to be drunk. He's saying, be sober. Be vigilant, be watchful, because he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The very first encounter we have with the enemy is in the book of Genesis, chapter number three, where he comes in as a serpent. And the very first thing your Bible tells us is that he's more subtle than any beast of the field. That's why your Bible saying you better gird up the loins of your mind. You better get a grip on your mind. You can't just wake up and put your mind on autopilot and expect to become and live in everything God's called you to become. you got to be sober. you got to be watchful you got to be watchful because the serpent is trying to get into the garden of your mind. you got to be sober. Sober. You with me? You with me? Stronghold? Imagination? Thought. So, the wheat and the tears. He says, while he slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. And this is the little phrase in the, in, in, in the Bible that we miss. He sowed tares among the wheat. This is what the Bible says. And the enemy went his way. He did nothing else but sow the seed and left and knew if I, if I just leave it up to them, they will cultivate what I've planted. I don't have to stay here and tend to it. So the enemy comes into your life and sows the seed. He's, he's, listen, he's not, he's not sitting at your doorstep when you wake up. He's not walking you to the car, walking you to work. He doesn't have to be in your life 24-7. All he has to do is sow the seed, go his way, and then we cultivate what he planted. We cultivate the broken mindsets and the dysfunctional identities. He's nowhere to be found. And then we say the devil's attacking us. No, 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 no. It's our own mind. Attacking us. What do you do when the enemy lives in me? You hearing what I'm saying now? The enemy has no power. Is this all right for everybody? The enemy has no. This will be the only only message we preach about the devil all year. Is that all right? The enemy has no power to create, only to pervert that that has been created. The concept of a thought turning into an imagination, turning into a stronghold was not created by your enemy. It was created by your God. God wants to set up a stronghold in our minds that speaks life and victory and healing and anointing and power. If the enemy can set up a stronghold, it's only because he's seen God set up a stronghold. How does God set up a stronghold in our minds? He takes the word of God, and he begins to drip seeds of, he begins to drip seeds of thought into the soil of our mind, and once we take those thoughts, they turn into imaginations, now I am the head and I'm not the tail, now no weapon formed against me is going to prosper, now I'm going to be the first, oh, and not the last I'm going to be the lender, and not the buyer, and then that imagination becomes a stronghold, so I become indestructible and indefensible, and every time you try to come and sue your shit up because I've got a stronghold in my mind from which God gets to rule my life. God will only get into your life to the degree your mind allows it. Your mind allows it. I'm going to preach a sermon series this coming up month after Easter. I'm going to preach on two kingdoms. There are two kingdoms at work in the earth. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. There's God's system, then there's the world's system. There's God's ways of doing things, then there's the world's ways of doing things. And most of us, when we got saved, our spirit got born again, but our minds are still living in Egypt. Our money's still living in Egypt. Egypt. I ain't getting no help in here. Our identity is still living in Egypt. Even though we're a son, we still believe we're a slave because we've not allowed God to set up a righteous thought. And that righteous thought become an imagination. That imagination become a stronghold. It's who you are. You don't feel like it. I don't care. Facts don't care about your feelings. Let God be true in every man a liar. What this book says about you, not what you feel about yourself. What this book says about you. That is the truth of the gospel. And God takes his word. Sows the seed of a thought. You are accepted in the beloved. Here's a thought for you. This is going some of y'all, y'all ain't never even heard this term. I'm gonna help you. I'll teach on it later. You are anointed that's a good holy ghost term that you don't ever hear preached about him you got an unction Brother, I know what I'm talking about. You got an unction empowering you to function. You got an unction. You got an oil on your life. You are anointed. You've been empowered by the Holy Ghost to do everything God's told you to do. Everything you need to accomplish the purpose of God, you've already got. You don't need more education. You don't need more money. You don't need better looks. You don't need better speaking. Everything you need, you've already got. God drops the seed. You are more. You are more than enough. You got everything you need. You lack nothing. I'm trying. Look at this. I'm trying to speak faith into some people. I think I'm encountering some strongholds. I'm trying to speak some faith into people, and I feel your arguments coming back. I'm trying to tell you who the book said you were. I'm trying to tell you that the book said you can have victory every single day of your life. If we would quit being so consumed with dying and going to heaven one day. We could have victory now. I'm going to say this, and some of you probably won't come back, but it'll be all right. I I grew up singing all the heaven songs. I'll fly away. This is one I never understood, the good old gospel ship. I don't even know where we created the concept of a gospel ship. I'm going to take a trip in the good old gospel ship. Y'all don't know about that. This world is not my home, I'm only passing through. That's not true. This world is your home. Jesus is going to remake the earth and we're going to live and dwell in the new heavens and the new earth forever. We're so consumed to think of victories on the other side of heaven. You know why? Because the enemy planted the thought. The, the church I grew up in, this was, the, this was the theology. You got saved? Good. It's going to be a long, hard road. And then finally you're gonna die. And receive the reward of your suffering. And I'm thinking, just after I pray the prayer, would you please shoot me, drown me? When you baptize me, just go ahead and hold me under an extra five minutes. Because the way y'all talk about life, I don't want any part of that. My God. Gotta be broke, sick. You don't have to be sick. That's a whole other topic we'll get to at another. You don't have to be sick in your body. People that tell you Jesus did not pay for your sickness as well as your sin, that's a lie. Jesus paid for your sickness as well as your sin. His body was beaten. His body did not have to be beaten. He was fulfilling the typology of an Old Testament lamb being sacrificed. They did not beat the lamb's body. They just killed it. But they beat his body because he was not just paying for our sin. He was paying for our bodies to be redeemed too. You ain't got to be sick. You ain't got to be depressed. You ain't got to be broke. You don't have to be, if prosperity bothers you, this is not the church for you. You can go listen to poverty preaching all you want. Now, I don't think God's a vending machine. I don't think you put in a hundred, out pops a thousand. I'm not teaching that either. But I believe we serve a God that's more than enough. I believe your Bible says he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He said, in 3 John, my, my, my will is that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Prosperity and being health even as your soul prospers. Financial, physical, even as your soul prospers. You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to drop some thoughts. I'm trying to drop some thoughts that I hope this week will start to form into an image. You mean I don't have to live defeated anymore. You mean I don't have to wake up in the morning and dread the rest of my week. You mean I can have joy and peace and I can walk in victory? You mean I am not a, I'm not a victim of my surroundings or whatever just happens to come and go in my life? You mean I can take authority over every devil? I can take authority over every situation? That's exactly what I'm telling you. No, we're going to have fun. I can't We're going to have fun. Try to drop some thoughts. Stand up on your feet. Try and drop some thoughts. And I'm hoping those thoughts turn into an Imagination. An image if ain't nobody else like me I like me I'm about to freak all y'all out y'all ready for this y'all ready y'all ready I'm about to freak you out you gonna get bothered I'll pro- we'll probably get reviews on Facebook that's fine pinch yourself on the cheek like this say this say I'm God's favorite <laughs> somebody ought to give him some praise Do it again. Do it again. Just cause it bothers you. Hear that religious spirit of yeah, I'm coming after you. Pit yourself on the cheek again. I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. Lay your hands on your belly like this. Say this with me. Some of you ain't even gonna know what this word means. I'll teach you later. You just hang in there. Say this with me. Say, I'm anointed. Say, no, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. One definition of anointing means this. Say it with me. Say, I'm painted with a fragrance that attracts the blessing of God and repels the attacks of the enemy. Say, Say, I'm anointed. Come on, shut it. I'm anointed. I'm redeemed. I'm a new creature. This is who I am. I don't need everybody. I just need a handful. This is who I am. This is who I am to drop some seed I'm going to drop some seed and I'm going to go my way see what happens God wants to set up a stronghold in your mind where defeat never enters where dysfunction never enters where lies never enter there's no environment for them to live where the enemy trying to plant a lie in your mind is like trying to plant In orange in Canada. There's no environment for it. No environment for it. Got to get that mind right. You know what they say in sports all the time? Got to get your mind right. Better get your mind right. We're going to get our minds right. You want me to tell you why? Because we believed a lot of stuff, but I came to tell you, that's not who you are.